Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, I'm at Strict Anonymous. Follow me on TikTok. I'm at Strictly Anonymous Confess. Send me your I post um all the emails that I got, I get from people of all the like confessions and people love it on there. So if you want one, if you don't want to come on my show and you just want me to post a confession and see how many people view it, send them to me via email, strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. If you want to be on the show, that's the same email. If you want to call into the show, send me an email at strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictly anonymous podcast.com and click on be on the show. If you haven't subscribed to my show, subscribe on your podcast app. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, like, and share my videos. Comment below. I like to, I love seeing comments. I love hearing from my listeners. Um, If you haven't subscribed, I said that already. Yeah. Oh, I have a Patreon. If you want to become a Patreon member and support my show, there's a couple different tiers there. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. I also do consulting where I talk to people on the phone. Uh, separately, there's a tier for that on Patreon, but some people have been paying through PayPal. It's like 60 bucks for 45 minutes. I don't, I don't tape the episode. I don't air it. It's done, you know, separately. And I love those conversations and the calls that I've been having with people there. So if you want that, you could either go to patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast, or you could email me directly and tell me you're interested and I could set you up through PayPal. Uh, what else do I have to promote? (laughs) I don't know. I need to get to this fucking episode because... Oh my God. Okay. I love episodes like this. This is a guy named Mario who wrote me like, I don't know, you know, how cool you are with certain things, but you know, I like to, you know, do stuff that's probably not really right. Or I forget the exact email. I'll post it. Um, and I was a little concerned, like, oh God, is this person, you know, cause basically what Mario likes to do is like look at up people's skirts and do things when they're not looking. I mean, he would take videos and he would spend hours just trying to catch glimpses of things that he's not supposed to be looking at. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and entertain a conversation with somebody like that. If he's the person is trying to talk to me about how hot that is, because it's basically really wrong. Right. I mean, he's doing this to not consenting adults. Like they're not women across the room from him aren't like, yeah, look at my fucking panties. They're like unsuspecting. They don't know. And that's really wrong. Um, So I didn't know what to expect when I got on the phone with him, but he actually knows it's wrong too. He's in therapy and we talk so much about all of that, why he's addicted to it, how it is an addiction, how he could kick it, why maybe it's there how he feels when he does it. Um, Please go into this with an open mind. I think some people think, oh, someone does something like that. They're a terrible person. I don't believe that. I, you know, you really need to listen to the whole thing and then form an opinion. Don't look at the title or just hear one sentence in your head and fucking judge this guy. Listen to the whole thing because if you really do, you might feel sorry for him because this is somebody who's tortured by this part of himself. Um, He does something that's really not right and he wants to stop 
He really does. And and that's what this is all about. And I love these kind of calls. I loved talking to him because I really felt for him. And I really feel like uh, talking about it on my show really helped him. I want people when they make comments below to make comments that are helpful to him. Uh, if you have any advice for him, give it. Uh, and like I said, give this guy a chance and really listen before you judge him because uh, I don't, uh, what he's doing is very wrong and we talk about that, okay? This is not a story where you're gonna get hard from, but you might learn a fucking lesson or two. And uh, and these are the kind of episodes I love. I hope you enjoy it. I'm gonna be right back on with Mario. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Oh, hey, Mario. Welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? Mario, how are you? Good. So, Mario, I don't know a lot about what we're going to talk about, and I, but I know a little, and the little bit that I know has me intrigued and worried at the same time because I, you know, I don't know how far you take the thing that you're into, right? But you do say that you kind of take it to a place where people don't know that you're doing it, things, right? Like you like to see things on women or I don't know whether it's look up their skirt or something and like, you know, and you do that. I mean, is that, I don't know. You have to explain it and just yeah. get into it. I think uh, the best way I could describe it is I, it's almost like a game to me to see Basically, if I can see what color panties a woman's wearing, um, and I will, I can go as far. I can use my phone and upskirt. I'll sit in coffee shops and, you know, just sit across from a woman in a skirt. Like I, I have like kind of all sorts of rules and strategies for it. But I, if I see a woman in a skirt, um, I'm you're on a mission. Yeah, I'm on a mission. I'm on the hunt. All right, let me get a little backstory before we start really talk, breaking this down. So now, how old are you? Uh, 40. Okay, now how how long have you been doing this? I mean, there was a time, if you're 40, right, there was a time in your life that there wasn't cell phones and stuff. So we'll talk about like, you know, I, I really want to go back to the beginning. But I want just to get basic background. You're 40. How long have you been doing this for? Um... I mean, if you're t- if we're talking before self, I mean, I was doing this in probably high school and even college just yeah. on stairwells. Right. And so um, when was your first memory of like the that you realized like, oh, this is what I'm into? Did something happen to you like where you got a, you you caught a peak and like that was like jerk off material for you and then you needed more. And then like, you know, how, I'm trying to figure out how this got wired into you and, and became like something that you were really turned on to and now like kind of maybe addicted to. Because it's not, this um, is the deal. It's not correct behavior, right? It's something that you know right. is bad, right? Maybe that adds to the thrill of it for you. We'll get into that, right? But it is something that's not right, right? I mean, it's not like if the women knew that you were doing it, if you got caught, you could get in trouble. So, you know, it's, but so it must have a very strong pull on you. It does. I don't know, though, that I can point to. Uh, a specific incident. Like right. I remember in fifth grade seeing yeah. my, I had a pretty teacher and seeing her slip. Um, so it wasn't even panties, but I remember being intrigued by that. Right. Um, I mean, the things, I, I do believe things like that, right? And if that was something when you were super young, it made you 
a little bit hard and you didn't know why, but you sort of went with that. And that was like a vision that was material for you a lot. Like you can then become somebody that, you know, that sort of gets linked in you. Right. I don't know. I'm not a therapist. I don't know. I just make these assumptions. (laughs) We're just talking it out. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I, what's, what's interesting is then I don't know that I remember from fifth grade. I don't remember doing anything like that in junior high. It was probably high school where you started um, it, where it started again. Okay. Um, which, yeah, which I know part of that was, so I was at an all boy school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just obviously didn't have a lot of women period, but we had a couple student teachers who were pretty hot. And I remember, um, I think I accidentally caught a glimpse um, one day and it became like, oh, I, I want to see more. And so um, it's either, you know, again, that's it's stairwell. It's I know um, if I sit across from a woman, um, chances are the way she gets up is going to show her panties. So I, that's probably where I started learning some of those things in high school. Yeah. And because you like caught these little glimpses and you wanted more. Now, were you also at the time like dating girls and doing all like the normal stuff and starting to hook up and fool around with girls? Or were you was that part of you like suppressed or you weren't doing that? So this is your way of sort of, you know, getting yourself off. Yeah, Um, I I was, but it wasn't as much because I didn't have as much opportunity, obviously being in school with all boys. And so oh, right, yeah. I did, so I did, you know, there were, you know, I had girlfriends here and there and stuff like that, but it was really hard because I didn't, and you know, you have like sister schools, but I was a transfer in. I didn't know any, you know, I didn't grow up with any of them or really have that kind of relationship. So um, in some ways, and I just, I wasn't happy at the school anyway, but in some ways it just, it just, it made the day better. Right. Um, it was like your escape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I would think that like sometimes it could be very time consuming, right? Because it's, the other person isn't consenting, right? So it's not like they're flashing you and it's all said and done. I mean, right. sometimes it could take you a really long time before you get that opportunity. So I would think that sometimes it's it takes, a, you know, it's taking up a lot of your day. It can, mm-hmm. um, if I'm not, if I'm not careful, um, not as much now as it used to, mm-hmm. um, but it definitely can. But there's also, so I, I have this thing about also just staring, mm-hmm. um, specifically at legs. I love legs. I actually, I'm, as I've listened to, you know, some others, I realized that I'm not a pantyhose person. I'm a bare legs right. mm-hmm. um, person. And so um, I actually remember I weaseled my way out of trouble. Um, in my freshman year, but I know the student teacher was sitting next to me. She had a skirt on, legs crossed, and I made no secret that I was staring at her legs the whole class. Mm -hmm. Um, And she would, like, look at me and look down and, like, try to basically try to communicate, like, I see you. Um, Right. And for me, it was kind of like, I know you see me, um, and I'm still going to do it. And I remember, like, my teacher pulling me aside later, and he was, you know, kind of mentioning it, and I somehow found a way to play it off, or I don't know what I did. I didn't get in trouble for it. But um, you said he. But, he pulled me aside. I thought it was a she. So um, 
I had a teacher who taught the class. She was a student teacher. Who oh, sat okay. In oh, okay. So your the regular, class. the regular teacher, she yeah. must have went back and told the the other teacher that you were doing that, and then he he yeah, set she, up a time to talk yeah. to you. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah. And so it, but it was one of those deals where you know I I get to I have a conversation with him, and I walk away, and my thought was, I got away with it. Um, she was clearly uncomfortable. I liked the fact that she was uncomfortable. Um, I knew I couldn't do it again. I knew that it was only once that I could be as obvious, mm-hmm. but I think that was part of the thrill was kind of like, you can't do anything about this. Yeah. Um, you're, you're a boundary pusher. Yeah. You, something yeah. that you, you, you like pushing people's boundaries. I mean, that goes into really like sketchy territory, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it, it definitely does. Um, it it can, yeah, all around. I mean, that's when, you know, yeah, phones and again, like it's actually, I have found, um, I have never been confronted by looking up a woman's skirt, like sitting across from her or something like that. Um, I know I've been noticed, but Mm -hmm. no one's ever said anything, which is also kind of like. It, yeah, it's that feeling of, well, what are you going to do? Like, you don't have, have, like, proof that I did it. I'm not doing anything illegal. Um, I'm just sitting here. I'm not filming. I'm not doing any of that. Um, but I know you got pink underwear on. Um, and you know it makes them uncomfortable, but you know that they're powerless and you're in control. So that's what is yep. is a part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's, and it's weird because it's both. Like there's a part of me that like, I want you to know and I want you to be uncomfortable. But then, you know, if I'm talking about using my phone, like clearly I don't want you to know that. So that's very clearly, uh, um, that's my secret kind of, kind of thing and not, you know, cause I could get in trouble for that. Right. And you feel like they're just looking is that, you know, listen, as a woman, no. And I think on some level, you know, this a woman, if she sees a guy looking at her, she's going to the word creep is the thing that you think, right? Like that guy's a fucking creep. Right. And as a woman, you're not going to go towards that person. You're going to go away from that person. Right. right? You know that. Right. And that's what you like. No one's going to go up to. I mean, you might get a a girl one day that'll, you know confront you i mean I'm, I'm surprised if you've been doing this all your life that you haven't yet had somebody a little bit out of the box that has more ball not balls but you know not that the girls that walk away don't have balls but somebody that would say something to you have you ever not not really right i've gotten a couple you know you get looks and things like that i i used to drive a truck and so um, I would make a habit of trying to just see women in skirts as I drove by their car. Mm-hmm. And so there have been a couple times where, like, I clearly did not pull up as far as I wanted because I'm checking out the woman in the car next to me and then she notices and flips me off or something like that. But that's really about as close as it got. Um, I can look, and this is not on purpose, I just, I look intimidating. Like, when I'm putting no effort into my face, it's, I still look intimidating. Yeah. And um, also, I so have to not, say, it's not as if I'm, what? Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, it's not as if like I'm trying to look menacing. I just know that I do. Well, listen, um, I'm going to tell you, we're animals, right? 
and I'm right. an animal, you're an animal, we smell things about each other, it, it happens all the time, you know, people don't realize it's happening, but at the end of the day, it is happening, right? Some people are more in tune yeah. with it than others, but all that sort of undercurrent stuff is going on. So I, I think that a woman could get a sense of somebody like, you know, you're, you you know, you're a boundary pusher. You're somebody that is doing things that aren't really right. And you're, you know, and so somebody could pick up on that on some level. And that probably comes yeah. across just like the I'm opposite sure, yeah. does. You know what I mean? You could get a, you know, you just, sometimes you just, I said this on a recent episode to, on Patreon, like, you know, sometimes you just look at someone like a Tom Hanks and you just know he's a fucking nice guy. You know, how do we know that? Is yeah, it just I, his face? Like, you just know it's like his insides just come through so much. I think that that's a part of it. And then sometimes you look at someone and you're like, that person's a fucking creep. Why? Yeah. Because there's something there. You know, maybe you don't know what it is, but it comes across. So, you know, you are intimidating or what, you know, because you are. Yeah. Because that's what's inside, and people could see it on the outside. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's I, it, it's interesting because I feel like I have, you know, like anybody in this, like I'm living this kind of double life. Like there are mm -hmm. people who would say I'm the nicest guy in the world, mm -hmm. um, women who would say I'm the nicest guy in the world. And so there feels like there's this, it's a switch. Like in that moment, I'm that guy, but... Yeah, people later, could no. say the same. Later you hear the, the same day. thing about like OJ. Oh, he was like the nicest friend. But I think people have different parts of their personalities. And I think sometimes people think just because, oh, this person's like a really nice friend that they can't be at home doing this other shit to like their partner, you know, but everybody has different parts. I always say people are like a concoction, right? So you have, right. you probably are a really nice guy. At the same time, you have this part of you that's doing this really wrong thing, Right. It's not all of yeah, you, yeah. but it's part of you, right. and it is totally wrong. Yeah. Totally. 100%. Fucked up. Not right. I want to know, how do you, before we get into all the details, more details, how do you feel about it? Like, do you ever feel guilty? Is it so far, or have you just been doing it for so long that you're so past that feeling? Did you feel guilty in the beginning? Do you still feel guilty now? What's the answer to that? Yeah, I definitely did not feel guilty in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think if there is, you know, if it's just me looking, I actually think the thing that bothers me most is, you know, you mentioned the word addiction before. It's my lack of control. Like yeah. I've sat places for an hour and a half longer than I should have. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, that's, that's, that's not normal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. That's, that's the part of it where as I'm leaving, I'm mad I spend all that time. Um, right. there. Or, you know, I'm also, you know, I've, I've been at, it's a little bit of a different type of thing, same warrior type thing, but like being at hotels and staying up half the night, hoping I catch a glimpse of somebody's window. Um, right. Peeping Tom. You know, somebody's kind window. Of thing. So, yeah. yeah. It does have a peeping Tom vibe. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that same kind of thing of like, you know, when I got three hours of sleep and I'm like, that was so dumb. 
Like, yeah, you're no different than that? the porn addict that's addicted to porn and he spends, you know, or he or she, whatever it is, you know, spending 10 hours, while, you know, and you're just doing it. You, you, yeah. You're like, you're not in reality. You know, there is something. It, it is very, to me, it is an addiction, right? And it is like anything else. It's right. something that takes you out of your self and out of your life, right? To an altered state. And you do that yeah. for a reason, you know, and you, and, and, like I said, that I could see that happening very early on because it would take you some time to get what you're looking for, to get that fix that yeah. you need, right? And that's a yeah. part of it. That's you're doing. That's a that's that's built into that addiction. That's why that's what you're addicted to, right? You need it needs to be. It's like the person that's addicted to porn and they're looking for the the exact thing that's going to be the elusive scene that is going to get them off, right? And it takes them three hours to find it. You know that scene is elusive and you need it to be three hours down the rabbit hole because you want to fucking check out for three hours, right? You need yeah. to check out. There's some part of you that likes to go someplace else. You know, you'd probably do very well trying to figure out what that is if you ever wanted to change this behavior, right? What is it about you that likes to, you know, give up half your night, you know, for that little tiny thrill and then you feel like shit, like, oh my God, I just wasted all my night for this, right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, oh, trust me, I'm in therapy. So, uh, does your um, therapist, is your, does your therapist know all the, like, are you totally, completely honest there? Yeah, my therapist is the only other person on earth right. that does. Mm -hmm. um, and it took me, um, obviously, I'm, you know, I, I was like, maybe, I'm sure it's obvious. I'm also addicted to porn. And so right. I started there with her, but it took me a while to get to talking about, you know, upskirts and some yeah. of that other kind of stuff. Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, I know, you know, as much as in those moments and my heart's racing and I'm loving it. I know it's wrong. Like that's not, um, no, that's, that's unfortunately, that's a part of it. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, like I said, it's like a boundary thing. You like to push those boundaries, that mind of yours. That's like, yeah, you know, to your teacher, but what can you do about it? Right. You're very out of the box. Right. Uh, you know, all these things sort of come into play and then they, they create this, the perfect storm. Right. And here you are, this person that likes to push boundaries and, you know, you could be pushing boundaries with things that aren't, illegal or wrong but you know but then you put in this thing where you're an addict and you like to you know check out and then you put in this other part of you that's probably like a voyeur right and you know and then all of uh -huh. a sudden all these little things about you you know come together and make for a peeping tom i don't know what you would call it right but um there's a, there's an aspect of that to it right yeah i mean i don't I always just think of it as voyeur. I mean, I've yeah. done a little peeping Tom too, but well, when um, you're at the windows in your hotel, like, that's a little bit peeping Tom. Oh yeah. But I've, I've done it on my own street. Right. Um, right. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've done that. Yeah. I mean, it was an every morning thing for a while. Really? Um, cause I knew the schedule. Yeah. Yeah, and that is like, um, that's a that's addiction right there. You know, I mean, who's going to, yeah. the, you know, that is like you can't stop looking out the fucking window. Yeah. That's got to be maddening on some level. Oh, it is. You, you stand at the window. Yeah. And I'm watching my neighbor, you know, get ready topless, but also thinking like, I am not in like hidden. So like it's early enough in the morning that traffic is 
super light. Yeah. But it's like, man, it doesn't, it wouldn't take much to bust me, but I can't move. Right. Um, because she's literally two feet from me and I get to watch. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's absolutely, um, all of this from the phone to everything else, um, is maddening. Um, that's, that's no doubt. Yeah, listen, I'm an addict. I quit drinking like 17 years ago. And then, you know, you could put down alcohol or even before I got alcohol, I could become addicted to tons of fucking things. Okay. And that's just Mm -hmm. the way you roll. Right. I was addicted to having brain tumors that I didn't have. Do you know what I mean? It was anything that you could just be like obsess over. Right. And get, you know, and it is maddening because you almost feel like you don't have control of it. Right. Because if you are an addict, I mean, like you don't have a lot of control of whatever you do. That's why you have to just like not do it right it's like i can't drink alcohol because i could never control how much i drank what i was to say it's you know part of it for me i realized it's what i think i'm doing is taking control of a situation and probably you know things are hard in life or whatever like it's an area i can go to where i feel like i'm in control reality is i'm not in control at all Um, right no but that's what i trick myself into feeling Right. So there was probably times in your life where you were not in control and this is your way of trying to like fix that. Right. And you just keep going back and back like, a you know, like yeah. they say for addicts, like, oh, just trying to do the same thing, but it didn't get different results. But you never do. I forget what that famous AA saying, but it's really great. But it's also I think a, a lot a, a lot of it, too, is what every addict is looking for is an escape because real fucking life and all the feelings that go with it and every minute of every day to feel that all the fucking time when you're an addict is not acceptable. It's just, you can't, you know, I remember the, when I first got sober the first year I was exhausted and I think it, it's a, and then I started to read up and then I realized why I'm exhausted because I'm really actually dealing with life 24 seven for the first time in my life. Right. And, uh, that was exhausting. Now it's not exhausting at all because I've been doing it for a long time, but, um, people who are addicts that are checking out, whether it's for three hours a night with porn or all day, look at, you know, it's, uh, an escape. You're not, you're not, you're not present. You're not here. You're not dealing. You're not, you're not doing it right. Uh, you're checking out and, uh, and that serves a purpose, right? I think that you're checking out for a reason. It's good you're in therapy to find out those reasons. A lot of times, for me, I think, you know, addicts have a problem feeling emotions. Not good emotions. We feel fine feeling fucking good. We just don't feel good feeling anything other than good, whether it's slightly jealous, not so happy, out of control. You know what I mean? All those things are not fucking good because they feel too much, right? Right. Um, so you got to get away from it. And so you go someplace else. And like I said, I, I mean, as an addict, I know some people think, oh, I'm just addicted to alcohol. I quit drinking. That's it. No, like you could get a fucking addicted to lint on the, looking at lint on the floor. If you're an addict, you know what I mean? It's anything that just yeah. takes you out. I've been, I've been addicted to fucking crazy things. Like I said, it's when I was younger and before I could go out drinking, but because I had a troubled childhood and I didn't know how to really deal with my intense feelings and things that were bad. And I was like, not, you know, a 
emotionally stable, um, I would have like, I was a hypochondriac. I would have brain tumors, right? And I, it wasn't uh-huh. until like I broke up with a boyfriend, I got a brain tumor. And then like, and one day I realized like, oh, I'm totally over that guy that just dumped me six months ago. I wonder if that's why, and now I don't have my brain tumor anymore. Like, did I get that brain tumor, quote unquote, because I didn't have any brain tumor, right? Did I get that because I couldn't deal with the fact that I was fucking dumped and now that I feel like I'm, it's safe to come out, you know what I mean? And that's what, and mm-hmm. I put it together and I never had brain tumors again, but then I started drinking, you know what I mean? And it would, but that was totally what I was doing it for. Like something would come my way that was a, a, an emotional situation that I couldn't deal with. And I would find something to latch onto. And I, I'm just saying this because right. I could like relate, you know what I mean? I know that insanity and that's why I say it's maddening because I've been there I understand you know but what at what's what I feel I feel for you because what you're also got clicked into is also like not right so you must live a lot of times with like a lot of shame as well and that's not that's like besides being maddening that's like awful to do to yourself on top of it well yeah because then it creates the cycle yeah, so that you, you feel terrible it, about you're yourself. You're shameful, yeah. right? And then you feel terrible, and yeah. so you want need to escape that terrible feeling. And so, you, yeah, it's I have spiraled so many times, yeah, um, just based off of that. It is, and and when you have that, it kind of feels like a duality just within yourself too. Of course, um, you kind of you feel like, who am I? Am I really that guy? Am I really this guy? Um, and just trying to wrestle with what that even looks like um, in the midst of that, because you know you could have you could be thinking like I'm the worst human being on the planet, right? Um, and I'm not doing good things. Yeah. I don't think I'm the worst human being on the planet, but I, it goes to the extreme. Um, and so again, you start thinking that way, you need to get away from it. Of course, right. It's like, so. right. So it's like some part of you doesn't feel like a good like so but it's kinda like that like you said, you're going around in circles, it's the chicken and the egg, which came first, right? And I'm right. not a psychologist, right? I just like sit around thinking about this shit because I had my own issues when I was younger and I would read up about it. You know, I would always try to figure shit out because I, like you, when I was doing my stuff, it just, it, I felt terrible about it. I didn't like the way it made me feel and I was always trying to f- fucking fix it. You know what I mean? Because I knew it was something wrong with me, right? Um, but I, and I, and I think what comes first is that you don't feel good about yourself, for whatever reason, you know, very early on that was put on you. And then you just go and you recreate that for yourself. Right. And you keep doing that because you're mesmerized by that wrongness inside of you. And you're just trying to fucking figure it out. Right. And that's what's really crazy. And like, thank God you're in therapy. Are you married or anything in a relationship? Have you ever been in a relationship? Are you in a relationship now? Yeah, I'm in a relationship now. Now, who who you're with a woman or a man? Like you're with a woman, yeah, right? You're straight. Woman. And how long have you been with this woman? Are you married? Um, long time. Yeah. How long? So. How long? Uh, fifteen years. Okay, and now does she have any idea about any of this? Nope. 
Right. She knows you go to therapy, though. Does your, you know, does this part of yourself show itself in other areas of your life? Like, do you have trouble with relationships or is your relationship pretty okay and your career okay? Like, does it only sort of, you know, does it only, do you only express this part of you and, you know, in those kind of things with porn and sex? Yeah, I mean, you know, from, it hasn't affected my career. It's in some ways... I mean, you know, it affects job performance because you are not spending time on the right thing. Um, but as far as like any of those other kind of effects, not as far as I can tell. Right. Um, okay. It, it feels like I said, it feels like two separate lives. Yeah. Like they call it like functioning. You're like a functioning addict, whatever, you know, yeah. it's like some people can really keep it together. And that's almost worse because the person that's like, you know, falling down drunk in the gutter, like everybody knows, you know, and like that is so more obvious. But and then people think the person who's going to work every day and has it together and has a career and has a wife and has the kids and is totally okay that how could you be have anything wrong with you? Right. Because look at your life. Right. Right. And that only makes it worse in in a certain way because that's even a mind fuck to yourself. You know, it's oh, even absolutely. confusing to you because, but that's what they would say. Oh, like that you're functioning, right? You're a functioning yeah. holic. You know what? I don't know what they would call you. Are you a sex addict? Are you a, you know, um, but, and like I said, to have that second part of it just is like, you're just beating yourself up even more, you know, by being addicted to something that is not you know, that also has the aspect of being not right at all. I mean, we haven't even discussed what the woman on the other end is feeling, right? And what you are doing to right. women and how many people are going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck? Now, what I want to know is right. like, is there a part of you, right, that wants to stop? Is that why you're in therapy? Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There is. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a fight. I think there was, Honestly, I, I don't know if there was a time where I knew, thought what I was doing was okay. Right. You've always um, known. I right. I think mm-hmm. it's gotten, it, it's gotten worse. You know, it gets worse over time, which is why. So I went to, I mean, I went to therapy for something else, but this all came out. Well, what were you going um, to therapy for? I, if you don't mind me asking. Just, I mean, since we don't, I don't know depression. you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just yeah. De- depression. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so going for that and clearly there's a link there too. And of so, um, yeah, so I've always known, I think it got to, you know, you get fed up and I think, you know, you hit that point where I don't know what it looks like, you know, I think it's just in addiction in general, but you hit a point where you're like, this is, this is ridiculous. I, I need to do something about this. Yeah. I'm headed in a really bad direction. Yeah. I'm, that, I'm right there. Mm-hmm. But as far from a consequence standpoint, it's like, I haven't suffered any consequences yeah. that can't go on forever. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I would just, and I would, and you just think too, like, I just want to feel better about myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you're like the hamster in the wheel. I mean, it's, it's just never ending. Yeah. Right. And it, right. Uh, you know, and you, it doesn't feel good not to have control of yourself, even though that's what you're doing it. Cause you think you have control, right? It's just all such a mind fuck. So you have to completely 100% stop your fucking behavior and start to see what comes up. 
Why do you spend three hours in a hotel looking out your fucking window? Why do you go to a coffee shop? And so why, you know, why when all this life you're missing so much, I could tell you as a person that was there and wasting all my fucking time doing bullshit stuff that had nothing to do with my life, that when you get all that time back, life is so much better. You're so much more present. You're a different person to everybody that's sitting across from you, including your wife. You don't think it affects other areas of your life, but it is on some level. So, you know, you need to stop. Stop doing what you're doing. The action of it. Do you know what I mean? Stop fucking looking no matter how much you want. It's you against you. Right. You I know that feeling of feeling like this is other part of you, but you have to go against that other part of you. That other part of you is not you. You need to know that is some sort of dysfunctional shit that was put on you when you were younger. Or if it was if you were just rotten to the core, you would have no fucking feelings about this. Do you know what I mean? Like there are rotten to the core people. I don't think that it's I think it's very rare. It's not the majority, but there are people out there that are just fucking rotten to the core, you know, and I think they're just very unevolved beings. But you would not feel bad about it if that was who you are. Do you understand? Yeah. You are yeah. you are not that behavior. That is something that was put on you. It's something really not right. It is, and you need to follow the part of you that doesn't think it's right and honor that part and stop doing it for that person because that part of you feels like fucking shit. And you're doing that to yourself. So you need to take better care of yourself by not feeding that little naughty part of yourself and make that right part of yourself, the person who you really are, feel better about yourself. That's the, that's the fucking hamster thing you need to get on. The one you're on now will never go, it never goes anywhere. Never. And you'll get busted. And what you're doing is really fucking wrong. Okay? Really wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's why... I, it's it's why I'm in therapy. It's actually part of the reason why I called because yes. mm-hmm. um, I just realized too that I live in my head, and so I rarely even talk any of this stuff out loud. And yeah. so I know things get more real when you say it. Yeah. Um, Wait till you and, hear this back. Know, you know. Wait till you hear this back. You know, my, yeah, and I know my therapist talks about you know. I think if I could sum up what you were just saying is you know abstinence precedes sobriety. Yeah. And so um, it's one of those deals where I know I need to stop. Um, I'm actually, so I'm in a place where it's winter right now. Yeah. And so this is downtime. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's almost as if, you know, it gets to be March, April. And then I have the, I find both feelings of the excitement of the weather's getting warm. I yeah. love women in heels and dresses and all that. And so it's like, man, like weather's getting warm. They're about to start coming back out versus, uh, oh shit, the weather's about to get warm. All this stuff is about to bubble back up. Right. You're going to lose control again. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't use this winter well enough, um, to be at a place where I could prepare for the spring and the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's a blessing that I don't live in like a San Diego or, somewhere warm where it's like this is all year round uh because yeah i don't know when it's i'm just thankful i have a break right um Mm -hmm. but you could have but i promise you that you can have a, a break forever like you could stop your behavior okay you are no different than the person that's doing fucking heroin people have quit heroin you know people have quit worse 
things, right? I mean, you really need to know that it's possible to not just get a couple month break, but to have to just break from this forever. And I like I was going to say very early on, but I just was trying to feel you out and see like I, I was hoping that you were calling me because you were in that place. You know what I'm saying? That you yeah. felt like that need. That's I always am hoping that that's who finds me, right? I don't go out looking for people anymore. I started to do my show because I like to help people. And I was always like pushing my shit on my friends. And sometimes people aren't at that place yet. You know what I mean? They don't want to fucking hear it. Right. So I thought, oh, if I do a show, then, you know, I'll be met. I'll be meeting people and they'll be in the place where they want to hear my stuff, you know, or where I like to sort of live and talk about and analyze. And that, so I feel like people find me when they are at that place. I would never want to talk to somebody who wants to look up women's skirt and is calling me to talk about how fucking hot that is. You know what I mean? I would never have that yeah. on my show, right? Because yeah. I don't promote that, right? And so, you know, I'm glad and I think it's amazing this episode of what you're talking about to to because you are at that place and I'm happy for that, you know? Um, and there is, though, you can do it. I think maybe... You know, every psychologist or psychiatrist or what you know, they have different models or modes. What is it called? You know, that they sort of work on some people are psychoanalysts, right? Some people are cognitive. Like you need you need to change your behavior too. you know, besides going back and figuring out all that stuff. Right. You also need to just literally change your. So for the person that stops drinking, I had to not drink. I had to not drink. I mean, for a year of my life, I stayed home and I lived in New York City and I was a party girl. I had a whole wardrobe full of slutty clothes and I was like nowhere to go anymore. You know, where, you know, what do you, you know, you have to stop your behavior. It has to start with then. And that's when all the hard work stops, starts, because what's going to happen is when you stop that behavior, you're going to be really uncomfortable because like I said, all that stuff, whatever you're, you're trying to look away from will come up that part of you that yeah. you really need to work on, but you will never be able to work on it while you are doing this. It is 100%. Yeah. You will never move forward until you stop that shit. And so you do need to just work on the actual behavior. You know, like I said, the data and what you're avoiding and all the stuff, the parts of you that you need to work on, that will all come up afterwards. And it takes years sometimes to go better. I mean, to me as a sober person, 17 years after being completely sober, like every year I still grow and change because I do believe on some level, like whatever age we are, right, emotionally, when we pick up whatever it is that we're checking out, we revert to when we get rid of our stuff. Like I was like an emotional, like, like I was like a set, I was like a 15 year old at like 34. Right. I really had no control over my feelings, you know, and it took, it takes a while, you know, it really takes a while. And then eventually I have to tell you when you come out of the fog so many years later, you just realize that a feeling is just a feeling and that it's okay. And I could weather it like a, like a normal person. But in the beginning, sometimes I would just have to stay home because I, you know, my go-to was to sabotage if there was a feeling or, or try to get out of myself. I, could, I had to get away. And so in those times when it was that bad, I would just stay home and it, you almost feel like a crazy person because it just feels so uncomfortable to be inside of yourself. And you go through stuff like that. But as long as you're in therapy and you know like what you're doing right now, which is talking it fucking out, that's all you got when you give up your shit and it really does help. I would just call somebody, you know, the people that were closest to me and be like, Oh my God, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that, you know, 
and just talk yeah. because that was my only way. So it's like your only way out of now your feelings is through them instead of, you know, sweeping them under the rug and going and looking out a window for three hours. Right. So, yeah, it will really I promise you it is going to help you so much when you listen to this episode back. There's something about hearing your story as a third person that is very helpful. I've had people, I've been doing my show for six years, you know, these kind of calls are like, I love them because I really feel like it is very helpful. And I started my show because I wanted to help people, right? I didn't, it, the fact that it turned into like a sex thing is by accident. I've told the story a million times. I'm not going to say it now again, but you know, I really do like helping people. And people have said to me a lot of the times, like, I can't believe how much it helped listening. Like, why doesn't my therapist tape our, our, our sessions? Because there is something about talking about it that's helpful, right? You're going to feel good the minute you hang up because you did talk about it, but you're going to feel even better. And just hearing yourself outside of yourself is going to be um, a, 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 a very interesting experience. And you're going to learn a lot. And, uh, you know, it's going to help, right? And right. I And I always believe that, you know, the fact that you wanted to call in my show, right? Like I said, not to just talk about how hot it is, but because you don't feel like it's right, right? On some level, that is yeah. a part the part of you that wants to stop. And that's the part of you you have to listen to. That's the part of you you have to take care of. That's the part of you that you have to integrate yourself with and get rid of this other part, right? Because that's the real you. Well, and I, it's so funny because, um, you know, there's a part, obviously, if, yeah, well, I, obviously, if I'm doing it, there's a part of me that does think it's hot. Um, of course. And there's a part of me, and, and so there's a part of me that thought it would be kind of fun to talk this out, but at the same. Yeah, that's that part of you. That, though, yeah, that's the part right, of you. It's there, a, of course. That part of you was going to think that. There was a part. Yeah, but there was a part of me that also thought I'm going to hang up this phone and I'm going to regret that I spent an hour talking about it. Um, from the angle that I would, you know, from the it's hot angle that side of me, yeah, I was like I'm going to I'm going to hang up and can't believe I spent an hour um, talking about these things versus um, what this has turned into, yeah, um, which I will, you know, I'll hang up with no regret. Um, yeah, no, you won't, and it's. And it's interesting because I like I'll say as far as you know, it feels like from a so porn's one thing that's another that's one fight, and this kind of you know, penny hunting thing um, is another. I have actually um, really stopped the upskirt, partly because um, when I told my therapist, she was very um, she was very upfront and very you know kind of like you you know been of like you got to stop that now yeah that's like not that, right no one's going to entertain yeah, that that, that yeah. behavior has to stop yeah and it was but it was good because yeah. it, it's the thing you you can't tell anybody right and so when you do finally tell somebody it the realness of it comes and then you know you hear like okay somebody knows and they're going to hold me accountable and i think i told her two years ago and i've done it twice since yeah whereas you know I was probably filming before that two or three times a week. I mean, you know, as much as I could, as many opportunities yeah. that came, yeah. um, I would. And so, yeah, it was, it was big to be able to do that. So that behavior, um, I feel, 
I know that if I, I have this strong urge to do it, if I see the right woman in the right outfit and the right situation, um, I know that if I get that feeling now, I know something's wrong. It's a warning signal. Yeah. At least in that, in that vein of like, man, I really want to do this. Yeah. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, versus now of just, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm looking and I'm admiring, but I'm not, you know, in that context, I'm not doing the, I want to stare and want you to know type of deal. It's more of just, I'm checking, checking a woman out. Um, but you know, I'll do that. That's one thing, but it's, I know it's another when I go into a store and I feel like I'm on the hunt. That's yeah. You can feel the difference. There's a rush. Your heart pounds more. You get, you know, for sure. I know when yeah, I'm emotionally heart. shopping and when I'm shopping for the right reason, because there's a definite difference in my feeling where I'm like just thinking I have to buy something like there's this weird feeling that I get. And I'm like, I'm doing this for like, this is not like I shouldn't buy anything right now because this is I, this is for the wrong reason. There's a physical feeling that you get that is completely different than if you're yeah. being the regular guy that likes to look at a girl's legs. I mean, all guys are doing shit like that all day long. We all know right. that. Right, it's it right. feels different, you know. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, but it's uh, it's so crazy because your heart beats so fast. Yeah, I know. Um, you do it, and then your heart continues to beat faster, but for a totally different reason. Yeah. Um, I assume like I do it, I watch it, I delete it. And then I'm pissed, and I'm also wondering, like, do I need to get out of this store? You know, all the stuff yeah. that, that, you know, comes with it. And I was like, man, it's amazing how just so quickly my heart's beating at the same rate, but now it's for a different reason. Yeah, but it's and all just a rush. It's like a drug. Yeah. Yeah, it's that up. Yeah. It's that up. You're up. You're out. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. Right. Life is not, that's not life. Real life is like way flatter than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just even steady. Sometimes you feel not good. Sometimes you feel slightly happy, you know, but it's not up there. Do you know what I mean? And that's what you got to kick being addicted to being yeah, in I, that place. I remember telling my therapist part of the, one of the struggles I had, when we were talking about stopping and as I was just like, it makes going to the store boring. Mm-hmm. Like, it was what it was what helped my Walmart trip. It was what helped, you know, my grocery store trip or whatever, like knowing that that possibility was there. But then um, realizing that that's a lie. Um, no, but like, why one, is the why is going to the grocery store empty? Like, why are these things? Why are you empty without that? Do you know what I mean? Like, I promise you yeah. when you quit all your addictions and you come out on the other side, you will you won't feel that empty void of nothing anymore. I promise you will be able to go to a store and it will feel like it, it will feel like enough. Do you know what I mean? Just going to the store and finding the milk and leaving. You know, the fact that so, it doesn't feel like enough for you right now is a problem. So actually the store is something that I, I began to solve. It's yeah. you know, again it's the coffee shop, wedding, yeah. funeral, mm-hmm. church, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's those it's those things. But as far as, like, that was a big thing for me to be able to walk into a store, get the stuff that I needed, and leave without spending an extra half an hour in the store figuring things out or, you know, all the other kind of stuff. Like, that That was something I found right away. I was yeah. like, and, you know, my therapist was like, going to the grocery store is supposed to be kind of boring. Like, it's just, 
That's a fact of life. Real life is not feeling the way you are. And because you've wired yourself to put, you've put all those things, you framed all those things in your mind with all this, this rush, right? That you feel like if it doesn't have that, something's missing, but you have just, you've just recreated a reality that doesn't exist. And you're addicted to that reality and regular life doesn't have that kind of feeling, but it's pretty, it's really fucking fine and great without it. Seriously. And that's what you yeah. need to, you know, you need to recreate all those wires. Yeah, I think that's the, I, that's the, that's the thing that feels like the mountain to climb is the rewiring because I know yeah, of that. Of course, yeah. Um, it, it, like for me, then it's kind of like, look, I'm not trying to check anybody out, but I will tell you, I can hear the sound of a heel over anything on a hard floor. And I will, I could be going 50 miles an hour and you stick one leg out the door. I know it's there because like, <laughs> oh I'm just God. so yeah. uh-huh. wired to see it. And so yeah. then there's, you know, there's that frustration of like, I can't help it if I try, but I know there's a rewiring that can. No, you can. Place. You absolutely can. Um, it's going to be really, really hard. But if you give up, there was this book, what was it called? Life. Uh, oh shit. It was like a very famous book. Um, by Scott Peck, Scott M. Peck. Uh, but and like the first sentence was like, life is difficult, right? And that's a fucking fact. And yeah. I loved it. It was like the best beginning of a book because it's so fucking true, right? And he talked all, but I remember the thing that I learned the most from that book was he talked about giving up instant gratification for future gratification, right? But most yeah. people will give in to that thing to just get that instant gratification instead of like letting go of that instant gratification and holding out for the future gratification, right? I pro- what you get from that instant gratification is will feel like when you get like I because I'm a person that's on the other side of it it is like air what you have now you think it is so it feels so good and it's so full it's like fucking nothing compared to what you feel when you have your feet on the ground and you don't need all that stuff my life is so much more full and feels like so many layers and is so much more and what I had before was like I felt like I was in the black hole of nothing it's nothing what you're getting is nothing but it's an instant fix and it's like this instant gratification and you're giving into it and when you let go and stop giving into the instant gratification and no I promise you 1000% anybody who's on the other side will tell you that you will have what you will gain the the gratification you will have in the future is a hundredfold of what you get from giving into that instant gratification. So stop giving into it because eventually what you will have will be so much more solid. It won't be fleeting. You don't need to get your fucking fix. You'll just, oh, it will always be there. It's about filling that empty fucking hole inside of you that you need to fill. And you need to, you need to, like I said, the first thing you think the hard work is stopping the behavior. I hate to say it. That is a part of it. And that is hard. But what's even harder is going to be sitting with the shit that comes up. But you, you have to do it. You can do it. People have done it before. You will be able to do it. And I think now is the right time. Look at this. And I think I'd much rather sit with what comes up because I feel like that's an easy thing to take to people and share and 
versus this. I'm sorry, but if it was easy, I just would like to be real. I'm a realist, okay? So I, because I think sometimes uh-huh. people watch movies and they just think, oh, like you, oh, you get sober and like the, because the next scene, the person's fine. Like, oh, it happens like that. Now, I'm going to tell you that it's not as easy as you think. It is difficult because it's, it, it, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have created all this fucking craziness if what, you is gonna come up was easy to sit with you would never have needed to get away for all your life I promise you it's not gonna be easy but you are you are somebody that has already found a great therapist right I'm assuming they're good because you've been with her for a while she sounds really great like you already have the tools in place that you will need because you will need help not help like oh talking to your friend like serious professional help there are addict they are sex anonymous meetings you could probably do really well going in there as those meet there's probably meetings all over right but you also have your therapist whatever works for you you will need help it will not be easy but it is doable and it gets easier do you know what i mean but you need to know it's going to be really hard but like i remember i i was going to quit smoking and people like oh what if you can't i'd be like what do you mean like it's like I, I could do it if I want to. I just have to know that it might be really, 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 really hard. Would you still do it if it's that? And if the answer is yes, then you'll fucking do it. There's no like, I'll try. You know what I mean? You could absolutely stop. But you have to know that you're going to do it no matter what, even if it's really, 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 really hard. And that's where people fucking wuss out. Because they'll do it if it's easy or if, you know, and then it gets hard and they're like, oh, I tried. What do you mean you fucking tried? You could do whatever you want. So just know it will be difficult, but what you're getting, the future gratification that you will have will be, I promise you, life changing in a positive way. And it's worth it. It's really really worth it and you need to do that for yourself because i i prom- like what you're do- what you're doing to women is fucking wrong and you're going to get a lot of comments on youtube and all that and I, you know i feel for you because i see the good in you and that's who i'm talking to you know what i mean and i don't believe like i said yeah. i don't believe you're rotten to the court like i would not be talking to you if i thought that and I was feeling that out in the beginning. Like, what is this? Does this person want to talk about like the sexual aspect of what you do? I will not talk about that. I, you know, I talk about, you look at my, you know, titles of my show and it looks like, oh, I have a dirty sex show. But I don't have, I have consenting adults talking about the things that they do and I don't take it that seriously. Right. You know what I mean? It's not a big deal. But this is not two consenting people, right? So we're not focused on that. But I do, I feel bad for you because I don't believe that you're a bad person. I think you're doing a bad thing though. And you need to stop that first and foremost. And you said, you know that I know that we talked about that. Just like your therapist was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, like we're not doing this unless you fucking stop that. Right. That's right. You know, put that aside. We've already discussed that. I feel bad for you because you are not this person. You've created this and that, and you being that person is only hurting yourself even more. You're just, you're taking this old wound and you're just, you focusing on it and re you know traumatizing yourself and now at this point it's not your parents or whoever did that to you when you're younger you're doing it to you you need to take yeah. better care of yourself you need to treat you better you know and i pr- and like i said I, you just it just needs to be like 
I guess it's cognitive therapy where they teach you actual actions. Like right now, the first thing you need to do is just stop the behavior. You can never, no matter how much your mind wants to go someplace, you just can't go there. You can't follow it. You can't take the instant gratification. You got to give that up. Because I promise you three years from now, you it will be like getting out of jail. You're in jail. You're in prison. And it's not a good place to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not good. And the consequences, if you did do something naughty or, you know, because you're pushing those boundaries or you're doing things that are illegal, it could be life-changing too in a very bad way. You want to be uh, yeah. labeled in your neighborhood as a sex offender? You think your wife's going to stay with you? You think you'll ever get married again? Go- women Google people before they go on dates. Right. <laughs> your mugshot will fucking show up. You don't want to, that, that's not how you want your life to be changed. You want your life three years from now to be changed and you to be a whole person, the person who you're supposed to be without that shit that's on you. You know, you need to clean up your act and you will be happier. And like I said, the people around you will notice a difference and maybe you won't be so menacing. I don't know if the menacing part will change. But, I'm telling uh, you, there'll be a, you'll have a different scent about you. You will. There'll be something different. People will notice. So, you know, I I do, I am so happy that you called in. Um, there will be a lot of people chiming in. You're going to have your judgy people. I don't care what people say. I feel bad for you. I, you know, I, I I'm glad, like I said, that you know what you're doing is wrong. Um, and I hope that you took something from this call. And I, and I really hope that you get something from listening to it back. I hope that you stop your behavior and I hope you, you know, email me six months from now and and you're like, Hey, I've been clean and sober from that shit for six months and this and this and that. And it's like getting better. You know what I mean? I really hope to hear that. And I think that you're close to that because I don't believe that you would have wanted to do this if not. I know that there is a part of you that thought maybe it could go that way. That's the bad part. That part of you is in you still. I mean, we haven't, you haven't killed that part of you yet. It's there. So, of course, that voice right. was going to be there. That voice is always with you, right? Of course. But what took over now is the real you. The person that's talking to me now is who you need to be 24-7. Yeah. Okay. So please no, keep I'm me not worried. posted. I'm not, yeah, you're not worried absolutely. about Absolutely. I was just going to say, I'm not worried about the YouTube comments. They can't be harsher on me than I am. So, no, and listen, it's good um, for you to live in the truth, too. Like, seriously. Yeah. Right? You needed your therapist to say, no, that's fucking wrong. I told you, like, what you're doing is 100% wrong. You need to, you know, come face to face with what you're doing. A little bit of feeling not right will help you. Like, you need to know, like, what you're doing to women is very wrong. You need yeah. to know that, you know. So, you know, use that stuff to help you see the light. But like like I said, but also, you know, don't take it on too much because you do enough beating up of yourself already. You know that it's wrong. You know that there's this bad part of you inside of you and you need to kill it. It's not all of you, you know, and you need to and you'll figure that out once you stop, you know, catering to that that sort of persona. OK. Yeah. Yep. All right, thank you so much for calling. I like I said I love these calls. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I uh I got the chills a couple of times when I was talking to you because I I really think that, you know, this might be a turning point for you and and you could be helped. And I love that. That's why I do my show. So thank you so much for calling in and being honest about all your stuff. Thanks for listening. 
Okay, let me know how you, what you think after you listen, okay? Okay. All right, bye, Mario. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.